The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, welcome to this episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Nate and John rank the middle of the tier organizations in the NBA. If you want to hear the lowest rated organizations in the NBA... That's available to Dunkdown Prime subscribers. You can subscribe at dunkdown.supportingcast.fm. Right now we have got a good sale going with the uh, addition of Seth Partnow to our team, providing a lot of unique insights, unique stats. Um, and because he's joining, we're offering a special rate, so check that out, dunkdown.supportingcast.fm. All right, welcome on to part two of the Hollinger and Duncan organization rankings. We do this around this time. Every year, get a chance to take stock of the, the organization we would most want running our favorite team. Thinking about this as an organization that not only you would want running the team that they are running, but try to extrapolate them into maybe a different situation as well. And because clearly if you're starting off, you just inherited a championship quality player or two. This might come up in a second. Uh, then maybe that's uh, your organization has done well, but maybe you wouldn't be so great building from the ground up uh, instead, or we don't know if you would be good building from the ground up uh, instead, and other organizations do have that track record. So, Like, for instance, yeah. say if you had won a championship, I don't know, during a bubble year, for instance, and where the best two players had just kind of announced that they were going to sign with your team ahead of time. Uh, I don't know. Hey, hey like, this is might... only part two, John. Okay. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down a second here. <laughs> yeah, so and some of the criteria here, recall that the actual coaching staff is not part of this. We do our coach ranking separately. Making good decisions on coaching hires, though, is part of it. Some of the other factors we've considered, willingness to spend, uh, how well a team has done in the draft, the involvement or lack thereof or over-involvement of the owner how well they've done in free agency on the margins dealt with stars trades managed the cap the overall organizational vision the overall organizational player development and any other kind of miscellaneous things medical coaching hires just the overall organizational process and staffing and analytics so there are a lot of components that go into this and again the idea is you put this organization into any situation how would they do rebuilding trying to build around a a star 
taking a team to the next level that's already decent but not great there are so many different situations you can be in in the league and certainly i think a track record really matters as well where if you've been doing it for a long time like toronto like miami some of our higher ranked teams that is a big edge over groups that don't have the same track record so we went through our top 10 john i'll leave it to you to breakout number 11 i think we had the exact same top 10 didn't we maybe in slightly different order we we we, yeah we basically did i think discussing it i i think we ended up with the same 10 teams uh at the end of the day but my my original nine and ten on my list were a little different and then once we talked it out i was like okay like actually i did have the nuggets too low and i think utah is a really strong case to be in that top 10 also yeah so my top 10 and yours i guess uh, uh toronto miami boston the clippers OKC, Philly, Golden State, Utah, Memphis, and Denver. So who did you originally have in your top 10 that after talking you moved down a little bit? Uh, So the next team on my list is Milwaukee. And this is an interesting one because obviously the the front office did not bring in, did not draft Giannis, did not bring in Middleton, right? Well, Um, well, this is actually, quickly on that point, before you go on, you stay above the social media fray, I am quite willing to descend into the maelstrom and so it's getting a lot of crap out of out of milwaukee about not having them in my top 10 oh you've no credibility because they won a championship how are they how are they not in the top 10 we'll we'll explain all that but the and i said hey exactly what you did right like this chris middleton Giannis Antetokounmpo, this regime did not bring those guys in and said well john horse was director of basketball operations like back in 2013 why don't they get credit so, I mean, I'd never heard that John Horst was ever, like, really involved. Uh, can you want to shed some light on, like, what director of basketball operations does and whether you know, he would have really been integrally involved in what they were doing at that time? I mean, As, like, it's, a 30-year-old or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, this was John Hammond's call all the way on, on the yeah. honest pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he would have been around doing helpful stuff he had apparently he had their ear you know the ear of the higher ups even back then so like he was maybe a little more influential than his title suggested but like let's get real here i mean like (laughs) the hammond weltman team has always been obsessed with length like going back long before this and going ahead to obviously in orlando and in bowl bowl and everything um and this was part and parcel of that uh so that i mean that was totally hammond's call um so, yeah. so, it, so sorry it, for that, sorry yeah. that for that interjection, but just going on generally about Milwaukee. Yeah, and then so one of the biggest strengths the Bucks have is is their coach, which we are not considering in this ranking. Um, to the extent that they moved aggressively to hire Budenholzer when uh, when Atlanta made him available, like that that was good. Um, I give them points for the ownership being willing to spend, uh, and then. They've come yeah, up with. That's a reason I've moved them up actually over yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different thing to go twenty-five million over the tax in Milwaukee than it is in L.A. or the Bay Area or New York. So uh, I give them a lot of credit for that. The other thing is they have done a really good job with scrap heap guys. I mean, you look at Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Pat Connaughton. Three good players who played a role in winning a championship uh, that they got more or less for free. Yeah, I'm of two minds about that. I think like Brooke Lopez, definitely that was a great find, and you can throw in that he fit very well into what Mike Budenholzer 
wanted to do. You know, Portis, Connaughton, I I agree with you too. He was someone who was just kind of, I was surprised that Portland just let him go, but they did a good job jumping on him. Um, Yeah, Portis, I'm of two minds about. Same thing with Grayson Allen. Like those are guys who are in the rotation for a good team, but I also think that they really hurt you in the playoffs due to their defensive limitations. And you know, Bobby Portis except, against a t- yeah, except yeah. Bobby Portis was really good in the Phoenix series. He also didn't play at all in the Brooklyn series. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. I, I mean, so 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 yeah. much of this with the uh, this is can just segue kind of mm-hmm. into my point. So much of this is what you make of their 2021 championship Mm -hmm. and they should have lost to the nets they weren't close in that series they were like a scintilla away from a drew holiday shot in the last 30 seconds from going down 3-0 then Kyrie sprains his ankle obviously Harden got hurt right at the beginning of that series yeah and then there were another even whatever is even smaller than a scintilla for going home in game seven if Katie's toe isn't on the line on that three-pointer and then Mike Budenholzer is fired and their entire uh perception is different and mm-hmm. then they ended up winning essentially the most injured playoffs we've ever seen they avoided philly who i think actually might have been a tough matchup for them uh, obviously Giannis got hurt too but he came back and played really well At phoenix I, I mean i think they were a solid team but not like a difficult finals team you know Kawhi went down the warriors were injured that year like it was yeah I, I would say that that was their finals run is one of the weakest that we've had and so i I don't want to uh give them a ton of credit like you know they won the championship it's a great moment for bucks fans but we're trying to take a longer view a more holistic view and it could have gone completely off the rails and they would have fired mike budenholzer and it would have been totally different and so again like they inherited Giannis. I'm, I'm still ranking them above average here at 11th i have the same as you mm-hmm. but given that they inherited Giannis and chris middleton you know i think they've done about an average job and gotten average results like Giannis is going to go down as a top 25 player of all time and in basically kind of the four years the putin was there they lost the conference finals lost twice in the second round and won a championship which is it's like about what you would expect given the talent that they inherited and the fact that they have a player like Giannis they convinced Giannis to say that was good the holiday trade was very good they went all in obviously or to get that they've got the the Tucker traders go like they've done some good things for sure um you know some people would say well if it weren't for Chris Milton's injury they would have won the championship last year I'm a little bit less sanguine about that I would give them a decent shot but I'm not saying like oh it's greater than 50 percent chance they would have won it necessarily that they could have lost that Celtic series yeah they could have lost to the he though probably not they could very easily have lost to the warriors someone else could have got injured whatever so uh, long rant there uh but i think their drafting hasn't been good i guess yeah that's maybe i'll I'll turn it over to you of like what are the weaknesses of this organization that prevent them from being in the top 10 well they they haven't had good picks but they also have not drafted well i mean i think clearly uh didn't love the beauchamp chick uh pick we'll see how that turns out uh you know nora was a mid-second rounder, so whatever. But I, I, I don't think he's going to be a top-10 player on a good team. Um, yeah, they, they haven't found – they've done a good job of identifying kind of unwanted veterans. Yes. You know, Wes Matthews, you could even throw in that category. Yeah. But they haven't Javon Carter. Up, yeah, Javon Carter has also been used. But we'll see, right? Like, 
yeah, you find some guys who can help you in the regular season, like you put them next to Giannis and Drew Holiday, like a lot of guys are going to look fine in the regular season. Like, let's see in the playoffs what happens with some of these guys, right? Like, uh, and then, because I do think, like, a big reason I'm kind of down on them is I just, I don't think they have a great understanding of getting players without major weaknesses, which is what you need to be really effective in the playoffs. Um, and they haven't found like, yeah, they just haven't really brought any young guys into their system. Like who is really part of what they're doing that they drafted right now, you know, uh, Beauchamp, all right, we'll see what he turns out to be in more. Like there's basically no one else unless I'm missing somebody, at least this regime brought in. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much a wrap. Um, so, and then also you throw in, for example, like ownership being willing to spend like that 25 million of the tax is a big number. I assume they'll reduce that some by the end of the year, but it's still really good. However, don't forget about the ownership drama that led to Horse being fired in the first place. Uh, or, or sorry, hired in the first place. Uh, yeah, I mean, where, they were part of that whole, I mean, obviously this was when they had just bought the team, but that whole Jason Kidd scenario, I mean, that was just yeah, brutal. that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I think there's pretty clear evidence that Mike Budnolzer may have a little bit more personnel power there than is optimal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how good their process is from like an analytics standpoint or just a draft standpoint uh, overall. Like it seems like there is somewhat of an ad hoc nature to some of their moves. Um, you know, I mean, they're not really known for like having a great process, right? Just an NBA uh, management circles. Right. That, that I think that'd be accurate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think like it's more, it's not even that I think like they've improved in my mind a lot with the willingness to spend, but it's just, Hey, if I were like, they also don't have like an amazing track record. We haven't seen them in other circumstances of like trying to build up. Like if they had, if they had a track record of like drafting well and developing players really well, then I might feel more comfortable being like, okay, if they're in a different situation on a rebuilding team, they'd, they'd I would still pull it off. Right, right. right. And, and this one, you question more. I mean, hey, I mean, we still have them well ahead of the 2020 champion. Um, so <laughs> there is that. Um, yeah, so th- this, I actually had this tier from 11 to 13 of three organizations I think are, you could make a solid argument, are above my next group, which is like a huge group. Mm-hmm. Um, the Indiana Pacers are the next one that I wanted to talk about here. And I think they, you've generally been higher on them than me. They have some weaknesses in terms of just, I would be shocked if they ever paid the tax. Yes. Because they didn't when they were good. Owners a little, little cheap, a little weird. But I think they just continue to develop players, draft well. Um, you know, Kevin Pritchard has a really nice track record. I don't know. You've been more of a Pacer stand than me. Did you have them in this group too? I actually had them in my next group, believe it or not. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess I was a little more questioning on the on the ownership situation. Um, it sure seemed like Carlisle got a lot of juice last year, which concerned me a little bit, like in terms of transactional stuff. Now, yeah. although said, they made good transactions, that said, I mean, their last year has been really solid. I mean. The, I, I think maybe as I look at this, I think maybe I'm not giving them enough credit for the Halliburton trade, which is awesome. Um, for they've held their cards and not done a Miles Turner trade, which I think is the right thing because uh, they can still do a renegotiate and extend on it. I mean, they're still 27 million under the cap. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, thought they did some good work to. Uh, yeah, you know, the Matherin was clearly the right pick. Nemhard looks like he's going to be something in the second round. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, didn't love their process the year before where they took the Duarte pick because basically they were trying to go all in and win that year. Um, you know, so there's been some hits and misses there. But, yeah, overall, I mean, this is like a pretty solid organization, pretty stable, certainly. I mean, that's one of the things that everyone has said about the Simons going back years is that they let their people do their jobs and, and that they're not meddlers. So I, I think that's really important. I might have had them yeah, too low. And- yeah, and they've done a lot of things. You know, the Larry Bird era in like the middle part of the last decade wasn't amazing. You know, they they had, but he's not really involved anymore. I think Kevin Pritchard has been a, a solid GM. They got a good bench there as well in their front office. Chad Buchanan is another really respected guy. Yeah, yeah, and no, their their staff there is good, and they've been they a lot of them have been there a long time now. And, and to go from. And again, they have a fair amount of continuity you know, to go from the Paul George era. They made a trade that was very unpopular in these quarters for Sabonis and Oladipo. That actually turned out great. Unfortunately, Oladipo got the injury that he had. They had to pivot out of that group, but they still were remaining competitive even then. And then to move on from Sabonis, the commitment to do that, to make him available, grab Halliburton, which I think is a brilliant trade, and... Uh, I think they were kind of planning on tanking a little bit more than they did. And so, I mean, that's that's the one problem is they've almost done their job too well right now. But it's just a, an organization I trust to develop well, draft well. There are a few things that I think, like, you can point to that they've really, like, fucked up as well, right? The the Bjorkren hire. Um, yeah, that's that's actually... But but they moved on from him after yeah, a year, right? I think yeah. that, that's decent, at least. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, ha- what did you have them ranked? Kind of, like, you know, like when I originally ranked? did. So I've, I've had. The, I'm looking at my sheet, and I can't tell what order I did the crossouts here. But I, so I, ha- I had them variously at 13, 15, 16, and seventeen. Um, <laughs> so I definitely had them in a tier with several other teams. Um, but I think there's a pretty good argument that they probably should be at the top end of this tier. All right. Well, so who did you have after Milwaukee then? Uh this uh, this is a tough one, but I I think actually I think actually I I actually had the Pelicans. Wow. Okay. That's a, this is a big disagreement here. Okay. Between us, uh, for all the things they have not done well, they have done an amazing job of finding people uh, in the draft or undrafted kind of late scrap heap guys. That's built out the whole back half of the roster and made it a completely different team, so that they can actually win games when Zion Williamson isn't there. Um, I think they, I think they push their chips too far in too early. Clearly, um, I, th- I think they've really painted themselves into a corner cap wise that wasn't totally necessary. Um, but they're still sitting on a ton of future draft capital. Uh, I thought they negotiated good deals on Davis and Holiday, and that it was the right decision to move on from Holiday. I thought they finally got the right coach with Willie Green, right? Um, yeah, after after Jock Vaughn turned them down. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, hey, we're in the middle of the pack here, you know? I mean, there's going to be some well, warts. Uh, so, so this is my thought on New Orleans. Okay. I I have them ranked higher than I did last year. Last year, I thought their off season was terrible. It wasn't obvious that you know Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones mm-hmm. were going to be as good as they were. Trey Murphy like wasn't even in the rotation. Yep. So 
I mean, last year I had them in like my absolute bottom tier. Uh, they're not uh, paying the tax. Like that's a believe it when you'll see it, right? Yeah, totally. They yeah. just, and so they've done some things since then that look a lot better. And, you know, their draft and develop looks, looks better. Moving on from Lonzo, uh, I, think, I think was really smart. Just because of the injuries? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, like, I, I think I think they knew that was a time bomb. Huh. Yeah, I, I guess it, that's just impossible to know because it definitely, and some of the moves they made, like the Devontae Grant, like last summer mm. was absolutely disastrous for them, I thought. Uh, and they've recovered reasonably well. But trading for Valanciunas, they paid up to dump Eric, Eric Bledsoe. Here's the other thing, too. Just if What do we think of this organization if Paul George doesn't get COVID last year? Oh right. yeah, that didn't, that didn't. Yeah, that didn't really impact my assessment. Yeah, no, I well, agree with well, that. They 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 lucked into getting into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they only well, won thirty six games. But th- like that CJ trade looks way worse for them as well in that circumstance. Um, you know, so so that's like that's part. I mean, the Lakers being such a disaster too. They kind of lucked into that. Like that was a good trade, obviously by David Griffin. Like I thought they did a great job of that that AD trade. Um, you know, they also could have just drafted Darius Garland at number four instead of uh trading that pick away to the hawks for and not really getting much they got jackson hayes and Nikhil alexander walker yeah for the number four pick that then they could have drafted darius garland like, that's pretty shitty um i think they did actually end up getting herb jones with one of the picks that they got from that was one of the picks in that Cleveland atlanta trade in yes that, yeah. yeah in that deal but um so that that makes it look at least a little bit better. But I think like the overall vision here, I have real concerns about. Where you know, getting bringing in Valanciunas to play with Zion, I thought was just insane. Like, and it's obvious. Like Willie Green thinks it's insane too, because in in you know Larry Nance is out and Valanciunas is still not closing the game. Right. With Zion. Like he's having a really bad year. Uh, I just really hated that pit. Like it was Valanciunas was great for them last year, but that's because Zion didn't play. It just I thought it was really limited thinking there the cj trade again like they lucked out on that i thought to a a big degree that it didn't end up being that terrible of a trade like they should not have made the playoffs last year they just got they got lucky to make it uh and then that but then of course they had to give up they they were giving up for Devontae graham yeah another guy who is just why are you to, to trade a first round pick for the privilege of giving Devonte Graham a bad contract that they're going to be trying to get off of forever, uh, like that, and there are just there are too many moves here that I think are bad in you know at the time, and I'm just not sure what the vision like this. Okay, we're going to go all in on CJ, like David Griffin, like kind of had to do that because his job was in danger, and he saved his job. But I don't think the organization is like I don't know that that CJ thing. Now they also extended him too. I, I he hasn't played well this year. I'm not. He's given the organization credibility to have him. Yeah, but that I'm extension also not was, sure that's going to turn out well. The right? extension on him was unnecessary. I thought even the Nance extension, um, given I mean, given his health history and that you know he's still like he's not a shooter, right? You're, you're like that's not really what you want to put next to Zion. So that I question that a little too. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand. Where, where you're coming from on that. Um, the other thing is, um, how much do we factor in from a player development perspective uh, having the uh, shooting guru, Fred Vincent? Yeah, yeah, as opposed to the coaching time. I mean, that's, and they've also like identified players who he can work with, right? Like Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels is going to be in that. Alvarado has yeah. gotten much, much better as a shooter, for example. So yeah, that's, 
I mean, I think that has to, like, they've retained him. I, I think that has to go, that that's probably has to go more in, under the organization's belt. That is a big one to be able, you know, they develop Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, like, that's that's massive. Uh, like he yeah. he probably deserves to be paid more than the head coach honestly yeah 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 i mean yeah well, i mean just what he did with ingram has been huge for them yeah fred, fred vincent obviously there so mm-hmm. like it's just there are too many weird misses from like they've done some amazing things like the ad trade was really good i think the drew trade was really good and that ad trade could continue to look even better but yeah i mean that then like the, they just have too many total fuck-ups for me <laughs> to have them this high <laughs> okay uh, uh. Where, where did you have them? Well, and also, I'm still very concerned about the ownership. Uh, and, I'd agree and with that. To spend. Although they've gotten, like, David Griffin has helped improve the organization there, but... You know they're kind of stuck in it. Like it's just, I've I just have this feeling, John, that and we'll see. Maybe they'll make trades. And I'll be wrong about this. That they made these now focused moves, and yeah, of course you're going to look better in the now when you make now focused moves. It's just like, do you still see them as being a championship contender? Do you see like three, two, three years from now uh, around Zion? Like, are they like ready to win a championship? Like, do you see that developing? I, you know, I'm just I'm not sure what the vision is of like how you're building a championship team. They're kind of just. It seems like they aimed low. And maybe they felt like David Griffin needed to do that to save his job. And CJ is like, it sounds like he's been very useful, like kind of getting Zion into the fold. Like that was another kind of organizational weirdness of just, you know, dealing with him and yeah. the obvious disconnect that they had there for a while. So maybe they felt like, hey, we got it, you know, it's walk, walk, crawl, or crawl, walk, run. But I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I so I, I probably will move them up, uh, but I had them in the 20s. Wow. Okay. Okay. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John and Benedict use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War One battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not 
a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash PER. Who's, uh, who's your next team? Portland Trailblazers. Wow. Okay. This is a team that I had in the 20s. Okay. Why don't you say first? Because you've been higher on them before. And I actually, I kind of like, I think that moving from Neil Olshay to Cronin has been an upgrade. Uh, is it just the, the ownership thing that really is, is bothering you? Yeah, it's the ownership thing and going going all in on Lillard the way they did. I mean, cl- clearly the right, they they there was a clear move to make that they did not make. And this is why I dinged both Portland and Washington for this, right? There was a clear and obvious move that needed to be made that they did not make. And they're trying to push forward instead and go for the seven seed or whatever. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, come on. Um, I, I thought they they made some good trades, I thought, to get themselves out of the corner that they were painted into with the cap. Like if if you're go- if you were going to do what they were doing, they came up with a pretty good way of yeah. doing it where they have a less expensive roster, but that is still capable of winning about as many games as the team they had a year ago. So I think that's a pretty good save to end up with that. Like Jeremy Grant's been really good. Um, getting Hart back in the McCollum trade, I thought was good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think they won that trade. They should have won it by more. Again, we just talked about how New Orleans really kind of if if they didn't luck into the playoffs, it was a very low percentage outcome that came true. So when you think about the process behind that move, you know, Portland yeah, probably deserves Port- more credit. Yeah, Portland had to be thinking they were getting say the twelfth pick out of this. Right. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what, uh, Shaden Sharp turns out to be. He's had a couple times where he's looked good and a couple times where he's kind of floated around and disappeared. Um, like, I, I still don't know what this looks like going forward, built around Lillard and Simons. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I still have a, they've, they've pretty effectively made a decent team for this year. I just question, I guess, it's kind of like your New Orleans question. I just quite like, what are we doing here in the big picture? Well, I guess uh, I, I put them in Washington in different bins. I think Dame Lillard is just a way better player and has been a way better player than Bradley Beal. And also they didn't give Dame a no trade clause either. <laughs> not, uh, not that he could have gotten one because he didn't become a free agent. But nonetheless, um, you know, I, I think, and particularly like the leader that Dame is in the community, I, I yes, I... It would be nice if they traded him and tried to rebuild, but he's been a good enough organizational soldier and he still wants to be there. That's the other thing is that he still wants to be there. Uh, And to just say, all right, we're going to ride Dame Lillard until he's not good enough. Now the extension for him. All right. That's, that's that I do question, but unlike new Orleans, I think there are a few moves 
that the Blazers have done, particularly in the Cronin. I've really liked everything that Cronin has done, uh, more so than a lot of people. I would say, you know, I thought the Clippers trade was good. I liked the New Orleans trade. Uh, really liked the Sharp pick. Obviously, we'll see how that turns out. The Grant trade to get him for that Milwaukee first, and as soon as he's been, that was very good as well. And uh, this is also a team that you wrote about it a couple of years ago that is one of the best developing organizations that we've had. They continue to draft guys and put them in positions where eventually they turn to be really good. I mean, who would have thought two, three years ago that Anthony Simons would be as good as he is right now? I mean, they just stuck with him and developed him. And maybe there were moments where he was hurting their team, but now he's like a $25 million a year player and deserves that contract. And so this is, this is another one where... I think that the overall organization direction is defensible, if not exactly what I would do. But I think if they were in, you know, on a rebuilding team, I trust them. I also love that they tanked their asses off really hard last year. I appreciated that commitment. <laughs> that that was a commitment. Yeah. That was that was something. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think they're pretty solid, and the, you do wonder, right, Jody Allen, like how involved is she? But they they've been willing to spend a reasonable amount. Like I I wouldn't put them in like the bottom half of owners necessarily. So I, I, I and and I I just believe in Cron. I think I, he mm-hmm. he and I think very similarly. I yeah, say. I wouldn't have put Paul Allen in the bottom half of owners, but I think Jody's going to turn out to be a little different story. I I, I don't think they're going to pay the tax until they sell the team. Um, yeah. And there's still a little too much, like the whole Lillard Goodwin thing. Um, like I, I don't think it's an accident that Peyton has the same agent and ended up there. Um, so there, yeah. There's just I also didn't mind that signing though. I gotta say, we'll see how it turns out. But I, I think it was one of the better. Like it, I, I think it has a chance of working out really well. We'll see. Um, all right, yeah. This is this is interesting. Big disagreements here on uh, on all of these. I may end up moving New Orleans up as we talk through some of these other ones. But that though, eleven through thirteen in Milwaukee, Indiana, Portland was like my next group. Uh, and, and again, I think just the track record of development for Indiana and Portland are probably the and drafting well. Those are the two things that I, like I think that travels. Yeah, that, that no, that's a very good point. Who you want to talk about next here? Uh, I guess have we hit your number twelve team yet? Um, or was that so? The, the next team I had down, I'm actually questioning whether I should have them here. But what the hell? Let's talk about them. Uh, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they were kind of. <laughs> it's just we're we're just to this point in the list where we're like, yeah, you know, like. <laughs> they're okay <laughs> they do a fine yeah, job i have them in this this next group that i was kind of, i'm kind of waiting to order this group until we talk through it uh-huh uh i, I think this last off season does give me a lot of pause and the the nico harrison group i was they made the jason kid hire i hated that hire he's actually been good for them yep they but the way that they fucked up the brunson thing and even after they failed to extend him and all that misevaluated and then the fact that they just the extension of tim hardaway at the or the resigning of hardaway was really bad and they've just got a lot of bad contracts on their books and then cuban who supposedly was super into spending and has been like a cap space team like not spending anything for 10 years then wouldn't green light just paying brunson enough which wasn't even going to be that bad of a contract anyway so i i really they haven't really been able to draft and develop anyone josh green's looking like a little better yeah the javel move that wasn't i mean that was cuban who's more 
involved than anyone but that wasn't really uh that wasn't this group to acquire luca that's like right. the biggest feather in the organization's cap i don't know how you want to grade that no nah, i would put the i would put that on the donny regime that that's part of the thing right we don't have much of a track record with the with the harrison group yet the wood trade is looking pretty good uh, you know, the only draft fix has been Jaden Hardy. We, you know, we're not going to know on that for a while. Pretty good. Like the extension I thought on Finney Smith was good. Uh, extension on Kleba looked pretty good at the time. He's been kind of decided not to play offense this year, which is a little troubling, but, uh, and then just from a roster perspective, not, o- not only did they not pay Brunson, they never really addressed him leaving, right? They, they just never did anything to deal with the fact that he was gone. They used their free agent money on JaVale McGee. Yeah, and I think they clearly came to that agreement very early, just expecting that they were going to be re-signing Brunson. So yeah, I mean, to have JaVale, Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell, like they just to, to have all this like shitty flotsam on the roster and then... Plus, how, Brunson. how early do you have to come to an agreement with JaVale McGee that that, <laughs> that 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 you didn't already know that Brunson was going to be gone? Yeah, and I don't know who else was competing to give JaVale McGee like a two plus one at the tax mid-level either at like age 35. And he, yeah. he looks he looks like he might just be done. Yeah, yeah, that that was just crazy weird all over. So I, like, I understand the, the process beyond that because... Like if JaVale were just playing the way he played in Phoenix last year, I think that signing would have been fine. But, you know, that happens when you're in your 30s. So, yeah, I just, I guess as we talk through it, like why, what's their argument to be this high? It would be probably the kid hire and the Finney Smith extension. <laughs> you yeah. know what well, else? I, guess I think. Yeah, you know what else yeah. you got to wonder about? The Przingis trade. Kind of looks like they sold low now, huh? No, I think that was actually a really good trade. I think they they got better. They, I mean, Porzingis is playing okay, but he was never going to do that with Luca. Like he was a terrible fit. Like okay. he, he wanted to post up, be more involved in the offense. Like Kristaps Porzingis is a perfect player for the Wizards because he'll get you t- maybe to the first round of the playoffs where you're going to lose because he has no versatility. Like, and, and like posting him up would totally fuck up Luca on offense. And if you're not going to post him up, then he's just going to stand on the perimeter. Teams are going to just put another wing on him and switch. And like he's his, whatever offensive ability he has can be muted. And then he's too limited defensively. And he also is you know, moving a lot better now yeah. too than he was. And uh, this is also just a really high end outcome for Porzingis. He could still get hurt at any time like that. They were, and Dinwiddie has been awesome for them. Like Dinwiddie to me has been a better player for them than Porzingis. Well, then that would be the thing you give him credit for because, I mean, that took some balls to do that move in the middle of the season, right? Yeah, and that did, that move did, I think, allow them to make the West Finals last year. So, yeah, that's probably, uh, I guess I'm going the exact opposite of you then. I actually thought that was a great move at the time. Um, but, yeah, just if, if like, if they just, I'm just of so many minds about this because, like, how much credit or demerit in some ways do you give them for Cuban and his track record? And how much do you ding them for the Brunson thing? Like, if they just retained Brunson, I would feel a lot better about it. They at least have avoided kind of throwing good money after bad on the, like, trading future picks front. Yes, yes. And they're still hoarding it to possibly make the big move after all their picks free up after this draft. I don't know. Let's talk about some of these other teams. Okay. Where, where, where these guys <laughs> Yeah, we're going off the rails I, mean, I, <laughs> I had them in this mid-pack group. I have this huge group from yeah. 14 to 22. Okay. All right. Who's your next team? I guess Brooklyn's probably got to be in here still. Okay. I had, I had two teams next to each other, and Brooklyn was one of them. So let's talk about them. 
Well, we had them very high as of this point last year. Yes. It's, of course, been a disastrous year. Mm-hmm. They sold their soul, certainly, to KD and Kyrie and James Harden. All, all that went terribly. Now they have Ben Simmons, who that was not a great trade, I don't think, for them on Harden. Maybe there's something they could have got that would have been better, or they maybe should have just played poker with Harden Yes, at that point. I mean, they might have even just been better off letting Harden leave in free agency than doing the trade that they did. And they, they already punted one of the picks that they got on Royce O'Neal, which, all right, whatever, he's semi-decent. But uh, so, but the fact is, these guys did one of the best rebuilding jobs in NBA history with no picks, building up a team that was pretty good. So this is one where we talked about how, all right, how well would Milwaukee travel? I actually think in some ways this Brooklyn organization is in the absolute worst situation to succeed now. Like they, they would look better in any other situation than the one that they've been in over the past two years, acknowledging that they put themselves in that situation. That's what made them so hard to rate is how much credit do you give them for their history versus how much do you ding them for the, you know, everything that's happened basically since Durant and Kyrie showed up, including the, you know, up to and including the Nash hire. Yeah. And that one, it was like, first it was KD's hire. Now people say, no, that that was overblown. It wasn't really, it was just Sean Marks loved Steve Nash and thought that he could connect with KD. And that obviously wasn't the case. And they didn't really replace some of the assistants that were good for Nash that that first year with KD. I, so yeah, I, I guess like I just it's such unique circumstances that to me, if I'm hewing to this idea that hey, this is just the group that would be on a random team, like yeah, okay, they didn't handle this crazy Kyrie shit and Harden wanting out and all that very well and KD is all, is like impossible to live with too and I, I still think they did the right move in getting Kyrie and KD and they would have won a championship in 2021 probably if everyone stays healthy like they put that team together so they deserve credit for that even though then they fell apart the next year so I think it's hard for me to drop them lower than mid-pack and I'd, yeah mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like like they had a bad year and a half but they had a great five years before that yeah yeah all right I, all right i think we got them in the right spot i i think i think they should be above dallas i'm gonna put okay them up above dallas. i, I okay. just think their overall process is a little bit smarter and it's just yeah sean marks how how many times like grading an organization based on like how well they deal with a and i actually think they eventually have done a good job on this Kyrie anti-semitic thing after kind of blowing it early on mm-hmm. um you know, they meant like he actually has made amends. It's a, a non-star. I think they, uh, you might say actually, John, they dealt with Kyrie wanting to leave and the KD trade request. They actually dealt with that pretty well, I would say so far. I thought they handled that very well. Yeah. 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 That, um, that was probably now, their best you might just moment. Say, you might just say, hey, they're actually not that good still and they should have traded KD in the summer when they could have got more for him. I mean, we'll see how that all works out still. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Blowing it on, like, the Ben Simmons medical thing, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, to not figure out that he was going to need season-ending surgery. Because they still felt like they could compete for a championship last year after making the trade. Correct, correct. But, yeah, we'll we'll call him mid-pack here. I'll put him above Dallas. All right. Who else is in this group here? Uh, Tough one to rank right now, uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, should we just, like, play that as a drop before every team we talk about? Tough one to rank right now. <laughs> In particular, right, it's tough to rank because of the unsettled ownership situation. Um, Robert Sarver not being involved definitely improves their ranking. We just don't know what's going to be next. 
we can't we can give him the credit for hiring Monty Williams here, but we don't give him credit for having Monty Williams. If if right, so yeah. And I, I think on balance, they've done, this group has done okay, pretty decent, right? They've been able to do a pretty good job of kind of finding low-end guys and putting them into their system and having them do okay. Like they, you know, with these Cameron Payne, Damian Lee types, like they've been, they've been able to get guys who weren't thought of as rotation players in the league, put them in their rotation and get decent minutes out of them. This is one of those organizations where you wonder if the results are better than the process, particularly with that crazy Arnovitz article from last year. Oh, on the drafting? Yeah. 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 I mean, clearly, just like- clearly blew it on the Jalen Smith pick. Um, and then... Cut bait on him right when he was about ready to turn into at least something halfway decent. Like, he, he might be able to help them this year. Yep. Yeah, the, they've been willing to spend some. I get, you know, We still have to grade them with Robert Sarver as the owner and clearly the overall embarrassment factor with him. Uh, but I guess I guess we would just say, I, are we grading them with as like a suspended Robert Sarver? And so I guess James Jones is more in control. That is that. What yeah, we're, that's that's, that's assumption that that was my underlying assumption. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and they like they definitely have built a pretty good culture, and they got Chris Paul to want to go there. Like that was an amazing trade to get Chris yep. Paul for what ended up being the thirtieth pick in the draft. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Highway Robert. And Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio. I mean, that's that's just one of the best trades in NBA history. Like, they, they built a team, and, you know, they're still winning without Chris Paul, too. But, uh, you know, Devin Booker wanted to stay there. Uh, this uh, this is not the group that brought in Mikhail Bridges. They did draft Cam Johnson. They've they've also just made some very weird moves at times, right? Like the, the Landry Shamit trade and extension, that just never uh-huh. made an iota of sense. That's been kind of a disaster. And now with their tax concerns, they're just paying him $10 million to not play at all in the playoffs. And, you know, this Jay Crowder just sending him home thing or agreeing to send him home or whatever. Like, that's right. That's really odd. How did you feel about how they handled the Eaton thing? Uh, it was definitely weird, right? Because, I mean, they got out of there with a four-year max and lower raises, I guess. But, like... It, it, it seemed like that might have contributed to some of what went sideways for them at the end of last year. And I, I, I just don't know that you needed to go through all that to end up at the same spot, basically. Like, because you could argue you would have actually preferred to have the five-year max for him, given the rising cap and Aiton's age and all that. Yeah, maybe that's true. Although, I think not giving him the extension, I totally understood. I thought that part and was I- fine. I actually, I actually was okay with that. Yeah, and it sounded like they never really made him any kind of an offer, even going into restricted free agency. And I guess his thought was max or nothing, motherfuckers, and he got it right uh, eventually. But I, we kind of lament sometimes that they don't do a good enough job, teams, of like of actually forcing players to establish a market in restricted free agency. And he was able to do that, but it's not. It wasn't guaranteed that that was going to happen. And I, I think they handled it okay. I, I've I thought Aiden is a little bit overrated and he got his max eventually but to me and obviously you had to pay up and match it but to me he wasn't this no-brainer max we're not going to give it to you uh, or, or we're going to give it to you unless someone forces us to which yeah. they did and so they they match it because they can't afford to lose him for nothing so I, I let me ask you this let's say their owner was uh Sobert Barver <laughs> 
instead just some random nba owner uh-huh who wasn't a disaster didn't have this record of being cheap how would that change things for you uh i still wouldn't have them in the top 10 i you know would i have them maybe ahead of new orleans then or something maybe i don't know yeah, because I, I guess that just the fact that they built this team up to be pretty good. I, I guess yeah, when I just say the results over process, the, if they just had like you know a normal NBA scouting and drafting and philosophy as well, then I think I would probably have in the top ten too. Mm-hmm. It they're just they do things really weirdly. It's worked out so far. I just wonder how well like how well that would travel and whether maybe they've just been kind of getting a little lucky at times. I think it's fair to wonder that. I mean, they they have hit on the mostly hit on the big stuff. Um, when when you look at the you know the Paul trade, the Bridges extension, uh, the this group made the trade for Bridges in the first place, right? I'm trying to no, remember the no, time. No, that was that was uh, McDonough. Um, the the Crowder um, the Crowder mid level was actually a really good contract uh, up right. until up until he was uh, exiled and. Uh, and they haven't the, – the one thing that I'll say, I mean, they haven't given up any of their draft picks really. They gave up the one pick for Chris Paul, which is the best and worst thing you can say because it's like, okay, you're on the cusp of winning a championship. Are you, you going to – you know, with a 38-year-old point guard or whatever, like are, are we going to push our chips in here or what? Yeah, maybe they're still waiting around for KD to become available again. But I do. I think this will be a key trade deadline for these guys. Look, they're going to be right in it. It looks like top four seed in the West again. We'll see when CP comes back from this heel injury whether he looks any better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this I think this trade deadline is one where they need to be aggressive. I understand not doing it last year because they were on their way to sixty four wins, but yeah uh yeah and just the crowder thing is so is so weird too i but yeah i mean i i think again you i would have to have phoenix above dallas uh as well but very tough one to rank and and i think maybe we'll get some they, they just promoted james bones to uh pobo and this is like when they put the word executive in front of my title in in memphis i just change changes everything it just you're, the whole the whole hierarchy was different the next day. It was <laughs> you you were vice president, and then it was executive vice president. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the vice president. I walked. Oh, I walked. I walked in. People were throwing rose petals at my feet and shit. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, you you went from uh, assistant to the regional manager to assistant regional manager. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, no, that's pretty good. Executive vice president. That's pretty good. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Um, okay, who's the next here that's like kind of in this mix? Uh, next team I had was the Atlanta Hawks. 
Yeah, another team that we're kind of catching at a little bit of an idea right now. I, I feel like they've just been totally struggling. The Murray thing is, has been going poorly so far. I actually think the Murray thing has been going okay, and it's the other stuff that's been going poorly. Like it's like there's a little too much you turn your turn, my turn. But I mean, the the biggest thing that's affected him right now is just Trey Young just hasn't been Trey Young just hasn't been Trey Young the whole year. I don't know what's going on there. Um, well, I mean, part of it is maybe that nobody else on the team can make a three pointer. Yeah, where we get into like so this is where we get into like the Hunter extension. What's going on there? John Collins did they miss their moment to maximize their value on him? Um, the bench, the Herder trade, uh, you know, that Kevin Herder could make a real difference right now, but they didn't want to pay the tax, so they don't have Kevin Herder. So that that's a tough one. And, and again, they're, they're not going to pay the tax. They'll go right up to the line, but they're not going to pay the tax. So got to dig it for that. I think Travis is generally like a good talent evaluator. Um, you know, a couple of these picks, maybe we'll, you know, we'll see how Jalen Johnson turns out. A Kong Wu, we'll see if he really justified being drafted quite as highly as he was. Um, you know, Collins was a good pick. Herder was a good pick. Trey Young was a good pick. A.J. Griffin at 16. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Trey Young, okay. They, there is the, yeah, <laughs> Trey Young with an asterisk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he's probably been the number two guy in that draft. But, I, I mean, they could have fucking drafted Luca. <laughs> like, like Luca is probably going to be a top 30 player of all time, and Trey Young will, you know, maybe he'll be top 100. And, like, and Trey is also, like, the defensive issues as well. It's just, it's going to be so difficult to ever be, like, a real contender. And, yeah, they made it to the conference finals in 2021. I But I, I just, I don't give them that much credit for that. I'm sorry. It just, that, that was a total outlier. They got easy matchups. They kind of lucked in, even in that, that Philly series so and I think they've they have it like they don't really have like a good analytics bent I don't think you know McMillan they're the fact that you have Trey Young and you're taking like the most mid-rangers in the league like that's that's something where either you don't you impart on the coach that they need to play a little bit differently or you don't retain that coach and maybe that's something that they might look into yeah the the neat the they got caught in a situation where they almost had to keep McMillan because they made the conference finals, and I, I don't, I don't think that's what they really wanted to do. And I think that we're, we're seeing that. And I just, uh, they're, they're okay, in okay, such here. a tight let's, spot let's, now. Let's do it. Let's do it this way. Let's be a little more formulaic. I, I, I laid out all of our categories that we talked about at the start of the, the first episode: willingness to spend, eh, nah. mid pack at best, yeah, draft mixed. Uh, I, think I would say I would say above average on draft though. Yeah, Herder, Collins, AJ Griffin is looking like a good find as well. We'll see on Jalen Johnson. I mean, Trey Young still at five is a good pick. Like they that wasn't again how to ding them for that. Like you traded the number two guy for the number one guy, but uh, you know Cam Reddish didn't work out. Hunter they love him. He's only okay, and they gave up a boatload to go get that guy too. Right? That was I, yeah. I think trades trades i would say they've been below average i think the herder trade they lost on the Dejounte trade is not amazing to me either so far uh the the young uh, the uh hunter trade they lost on the trey luca trade even if trey is good they lost on that like uh there'll be just some total weird moves sometimes like remember when they just took on 12 million dollars of jeremy lynn's contract for no reason 
Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. or or they took on Solomon Hill in that trade for Hunter. So like I think their cap management is a little below average. Um, you know, free agency. I thought the Gallo the Gallo signing was solid. They haven't done much in free agency other than that. Player development. It's like okay. I'd say maybe a little bit above average. So, uh, yeah, I I this is another one where they just do too much weird stuff to me, mm-hmm. and I just don't know kind of what to the extent there is an organizational group. Uh, vision it's not one that i agree with too much well then uh okay so who do you, who did you have next it sounds like you have a couple other teams ahead of atlanta but well, well, one more thing on atlanta too okay you know i think you see this a lot in football where the good talent evaluator gets elevated to gm but doesn't really understand like how the cap works and how all this other stuff works that kind of seems like where schlenk is where he's he not only is he you know he's had some good finds in the draft as we've noted but he's maybe overconfident in his scouting evaluations that's led to giving up maybe more than they should have in some of these draft trades or doing the Trey Luca thing as well. So I think like that's, I, I do, I think that, and he's not really a guy who, you know, other than scouting, like what is Travis Schlenk good at as a GM? Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think there's been like any like disasters here either. We'll, we'll see if the Hunter extension turns into one. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah, and and Col- Collins too is another one where it's like, that seemed like a fair contract, but where does he fit into what you're doing is another question. All right. Yeah. So I had him, them in like the low or, or yeah, the low twenties. Oh, wow. Okay. So you had a few other teams ahead of him. Okay. So who's, who's, yeah. who's next on your list then? Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. They were the next team on my list too. Big rise for them. Yes. I think the fact that Dan Gilbert seems like he's still willing to spend, but just hasn't overall been as involved is probably a good thing for them. 100%. Yep. Uh, They've made some good moves. I thought that drafting Darius Garland when they already had Colin Sexton was a very, very smart move to just say, no, this is the guy and... The Mitchell trade, I think, certainly looks like it's working out better than these other big trades this offseason. Absolutely, yeah. I think it made sense to go in there. Get Evan Mobley, I don't give him a lot of credit for. That was kind of an obvious pick. What else do we need to talk about? Getting guys? Jared Island in the uh, in the Harden trade. Yeah. That yeah. was oh, massive. One that I was, yeah. And then paying him $20 million, I was like kind of against that. That's an like insane I was, contract. I was totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were right about that. I was wrong on that. Um Still have some, probably some things to ding them on. The the Levert trade, like I still don't understand that. Uh, The Okoro pick is looking like kind of a disaster. Um, Haven't. Yeah, I understood they they identified that they needed a wing. They've been searching for one for so long, and uh, the best they found is Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens so far. Yeah, it's like yeah. better than the guy that they traded a first for and the guy that they used the number five pick on. I mean, kudos for finding a scrap heap guy, though, in Dean Wade. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, Okongwu, Killian Hayes, Ovi Toppin, Denny Avdia, Jalen Smith is your next five picks after a coral. Yeah, they would they so, would have they would have had to pick Halliburton or Vercel, basically, right? Yeah, and, and Halliburton they already had Sexton and Garland. I understand. Yeah, like they they weren't one of the teams that I killed for not taking Halliburton, like the Suns or the Knicks or the Wizards. Uh, and Vassell just wasn't being talked about in that range. So I I, I mean that just wasn't a great draft. Like the, yeah. I, I'm not gonna kill them too bad for the Okoro pick. Mm-hmm. Like they're just I I I, I probably would have. I thought that was the right pick actually there, even though I w- didn't love a car. just that draft sucked. Like, was, <laughs> right. You, you yeah. got to just yeah. take away that number five designation and just say what else was out there. You know, they weren't going to take a Kong Wu. Well, it said they traded for out. No, they hadn't traded for Allen yet. So maybe, maybe taking a Kong would have been the move, but that obviously they got two better bigs than him now. So 
Uh, they avoided taking local product Obi Toppin. That was good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Love, Kevin Love extension was a disaster. That's still on this group's resume, too. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, that, that was... But that was kind of a Dan Gilbert is really involved. He wants to, yeah. we're going to fucking show you LeBron mm-hmm. that we're going to still make the playoffs, yeah. and, uh, that type of thing. So I, I think the hope would be they wouldn't do something like that again. It does feel like the Comic Sans era has ended, right? Yes. Yes. I guess just the one thing you have to question is just that they couldn't figure out a way to leave themselves a little bit of ammo to get a real three. Like the, just the number yeah. of bullets they've expended there, both before the Mitchell trade and and then during the Mitchell trade, it just was, but that was, uh, actually, you know, the marketing signing, I didn't like that, but uh, apparently he's, he's really good. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he gave him a halfway decent year last year too. Right. Yeah. JB Bickerstaff has, has been good for them. Another kind of unconventional yeah. way of doing things. After, so. after the beeline disaster. Yeah. So you can see how their ranking has moved up these last two years because there's still the stuff that we talk about from three, four years ago that was like, what the hell are we doing here? And uh, But most of the stuff they've – like starting with the – I guess the Garland pick and the Allen trade, right? Like it's been – it's been a much better showing for this uh, group in Cleveland. Yeah. I, I mean, they started off with absolutely nothing in 2019, and now they've built up probably a top four team in the East that should be good for a long time. And yeah, you just, you wonder a little bit about the process with, because Mobley, like they should have just drafted him anyway. Like you don't, can't give him that much credit for that. Anyone would have taken them there, but uh, you know, and they have made some weird evaluations. Also, I thought the, the process behind like the thinking of, oh, well, hey, we got to, make the playoffs this year be good for this year but that's why we're going to trade for Levert. yeah it was that was that was too out. that was too short-sighted absolutely yeah and they lucked into not having to give up a first round pick for him although they'll, it'll go this year mm-hmm. but yeah i think they're i mean when they this team that they built up there's nobody else in this range that i really have much of an argument to put ahead of them yeah i'd agree with that yeah because i i had sort of a uh i had a cut line right here okay so have we gotten through all those teams then or is there another one no that's that's all of them so we're at we're let's do one more we're at 19 right now yes yeah we've discussed 19 teams so yeah this will be good we'll do one one more all right who's who's your next team the knicks yeah yeah i had them i had them in the next tier so yeah they're probably worth talking about um they're a team where I ding them because of the owner and the history and uh, there's still elements of short-sightedness to what they're doing. But I also think there's a strategy here where there hasn't been for a long time. Like it's clear what they're trying to do. They're trying to accumulate picks and players so that they can accumulate not one star, but two stars at the same time. Like that's why they didn't do the Mitchell deal was because they wanted to have enough left over to be able to go after a second star. And, you know, you can question some of the things they've done along the way and the like the bizarre tampering with Brunson or whatever. Um, you know, I thought they got too short-term focused last summer when they did like the 48 contract and um, uh, a couple other deals that maybe didn't go great for them. But, you know, overall, I, I think their process is greatly improved from where it was, certainly. 
Yeah, they're trading with the the draft pick. It seems like every draft there's some kind of an arbitrage. Brock Aller has gotten a, yeah. a lot of credit for that, and you know we haven't seen the evidence of James Dolan's meddling. Like James Dolan, the Dolan move would have been to force them to just throw everything in for Donovan Mitchell. That has been yeah. muted. They do seem to have a better process. Certainly, the CAA nepotism. You don't love that. I, I the Brunson signing just for where they are, and particularly given they were maybe going to go after mitchell that didn't make a ton of sense to me either although i guess they didn't have a great idea that mitchell would be available as soon as he was mm-hmm. and yeah the barrett extension seemed fine uh, he hasn't been great so far i think they just the thibodeau hire i'll ding him on that i just didn't think that was a good long-term play and ironically that hire was successful in a way that like completely fucked up their long-term plan by making them yeah. good yeah in 2021 when i thought they were gonna be a, a you know a high lottery team that year if they were mm-hmm. I and mean, that was a great draft like if they just got one of those studs and then they would just be in so much better position particularly because they extended randall i again i wasn't against that after the year that he had it uh but obviously that's been a major problem and like he to me randall just like fucks up what they're trying to do systematically so much on both ends yeah and they haven't prioritize spacing enough just to, like they have some players who might just look a lot better if this front court wasn't so weird yeah and then they're really resistant to playing randall at five too which i think is the one thing they can do to kind of put some value back on the table with him yeah so i like it's, it's not a perfect organization but i think they're dra- like they've also had some pretty good finds late in the draft the likes of quickly didn't care for the top in caa nepotism pick that's this is a team that absolutely should have taken halberd and i continue mm-hmm. to kill them for that yeah taking and i think basically the vast majority of draft nicks would have had halliburton over top and you do wonder about what the uh what the priorities are like what what actually what they think actually wins basketball games at the highest levels but they do seem to have just a much better process with their transactions now and uh so maybe this is just like giving them credit for brock aller and everyone else is not really that great (laughs) but yeah uh yeah like i'm not gonna kill them for how they handled the mitchell thing either i and you know they're gonna i think they're gonna find decent guys in the draft they're gonna make okay trades they haven't done anything like colossally stupid that's the amazing thing right they haven't they haven't done anything where you just laugh and you'd be like haha the knicks like that since uh basically since pretty much since rose came in we we haven't really seen that yeah and perhaps if they this is one where maybe if this group weren't in new york they would almost be better is that a possibility? Could, yeah, because they could just build the team and not have to worry about all this other shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's really, it's amazing how much like 2021 just like screwed up their overall plan. And then you know, the Fournier signing, re-signing Rose, that was, it just like, they're so much different than if they just, all right, we we build around RJ Barrett a little bit more this year and, you know, we're bad, but we got some promising young guys and we'll just, <laughs> we'll get another high draft pick. And like, it would just, everything would just make so much more sense with this team had they not had that year, not gotten that draft pick, and then also like been now committed to Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah. But here we are. But there was nothing. I mean, was there anything kind of in those series of moves at the time where you were thinking, oh, this is a terrible idea? You mean within the stretch where they, where they extended Randle or... Yeah, like after 2020, like that 2021 offseason, that, that period of time where you just like ring the alarm bells, like, no, don't extend Randall. This Fournier signing is terrible. I, I, I would, no, I was down. Yeah, I was down on the. Uh, some of the other stuff they were doing it just felt too short-term focused 
Um, the Randall extension, though, I wasn't I wasn't as down on that as may, maybe I should have been because I just thought I just thought it was a it was a legitimate change in ability, and it, it turned out obviously it was a fluke shooting year. Yeah, I, I didn't think he would repeat that, but I didn't think he would go. He would drop to like you know twenty seven percent on threes the next year either. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I thought it was it, you could at least put that as like part of the projection going forward, as opposed to just completely discounting. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I guess we got 10 teams left here. This is this is a good run through. And, uh, you know, anybody in New Orleans, I, I, I would say New Orleans might end up moving up, them up once we talk about some of these other teams. Um, so and David Griffin, it is worth noting, had a pretty good track record before this as a good, good experience. Yeah. Cleveland and Phoenix. Absolutely. Exactly. All right. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll uh, we'll publish our final rankings uh, on Dunkdown Prime uh, once we've actually talked through all the teams. But this has been fun, John. And of course, a reminder that you can get now seth partnos nerd noshes as well in your inbox uh, make sure you check that out if you haven't joined the discord check that out i i recently did a chat as well which i do once a month that was a, a lot of fun it had some great questions i got asked who the five worst starters are who are actually like starting regularly at each position that was a, a fun one to, <laughs> to go through pistons featured pretty prominently there oh, burr. people are telling me there's a big killian hayes renaissance i can't say i've been too focused on the pistons since Cade went down maybe i'll have to check in on them again so uh, but yeah lots of good stuff just check that email every day that you're getting from dan you get his uh daily dunks as well and you can also listen to those so if you're not listening to that i hope you're getting everything you can out of dunked on prime so give it a shot to either listen to that or read the daily emails and we'll be back next week to finish out the organization rankings we'll talk to you all then at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.